you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It is trade deadline day. Everything you need to know. We got you covered from every angle, every team, all 32, right here all morning on NFL Network. The trade deadline's at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mike Garofolo will join us with more on that. We'll talk to Sean Watson. We'll have that all covered. Who could be on the move? Hit us up at GMFB for your team needs. If you have a desire, you want to manifest out there, a lot of Chiefs fans wanting another wide receiver. <laughs> what? We'll get to those highlights right now on Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live on November 2nd. My name is Kay Adams. Kyle Brandt is here, Peter Strager, and three-time Pro Bowl quarter. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Survivor, as you were yes, talking about. Yes, huge fan of Survivor. Yeah, I love that. We'll we used to have a segment based on that show. Not anymore. Oh, oh. Okay, you're the worst. You're the actual worst. Let's bring in my care follow, guys. Let's get this going. Right. Let's get this vibe. Leave like. Party started with Mike G. Yes, 4 p.m. Eastern is the time. I'd love to ask you, Mike, as we say good morning, what you should be looking out for. Do you have your eyes on anything specifically for the next couple of hours? Well, yes, Kay, we have uh, a number of players that we've been tracking over the last couple of days. Look, Deshaun Watson is obviously the biggest name out there, and we will wait to see if the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Texans can make the trade. I mean, a lot of times you're watching for a player, not necessarily for a specific team, but with Watson, uh, we know uh, what has been happening there. We know the Carolina Panthers bowed out last week because there were just too many uncertainties for them on and off the field, football and non-football. The Dolphins are going to have to deal with that as well uh, and figure out if they want to rush to make this move. That's what a lot of teams, including the Dolphins, are kind of saying is, there's a lot of stuff happening off the field. Why are we rushing to do this? Maybe we could just wait until the offseason. So we'll see if that winds up being the case with Deshaun Watson. Elsewhere, a few other names. We're looking at Steelers veteran pass rusher Melvin Ingram. Aradidi King Kabwala uh, has made it clear that Ingram wants out. So there could be a deal for him at some point today as his tenure with the Steelers, brief as it has been, has not worked out as he thought. I mentioned Fletcher Cox the other day, the Eagles defensive lineman. A lot of teams saw the Eagles making a couple moves. Joe Flacco and Zach Ertz said, let's see if we can get Fletcher Cox on the cheap. And the Eagles said, no, if you're going to get him away from us, it's going to have to be a significant package of draft picks and players. So I don't expect Cox to be on the move today. And then there's another former Eagle. That's Deshaun Jackson. He had permission uh, on Friday to begin uh, talking to teams about a potential trade does not sound like anything is bubbling up there, but the two sides had a talk on Friday in which they decided to mutually part ways. So you would expect this to end with what, uh, excuse me, with uh, Jackson's release. If they can't find a trade partner by the end of the day, we'll see how that goes. So those are the names and a few others that we will be keeping an eye on for you here on NFL Network all day long.
Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, not the only Texans piece I'm looking at. We'll see if they're looking to move some pieces, unload some roster spots there. A lot of needy teams, a lot of positions needed to give an injury. So play, uh, teams trying to settle themselves in for a playoff race. We'll see what happens before 4 p.m. Eastern this afternoon. Thanks so much, Garofalo. On to the highlights. The Giants went to Arrowhead, and they took on the Chiefs. How'd it go? 20-17 to 17 in a weird, sloppy one that the Chiefs win? Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes. Is this the face and the voice of a guy who just won a home football game on Monday night? Take it away, Pat. It takes a huge one. I mean, I know it's, we, we, I say it all the time, um, but we have guys open, and if we're on the same page with me and the receivers with the routes, and then I throw it and hit the right spot, um, we can move the ball on, on pretty much any, any coverage. We have answers for verse everything. Um, but that we, we've had, you've seen in every game pretty much, that there's been times where we kind of stall out and we, we don't execute or I, I, I throw the ball or I don't hit the right spot or the receiver doesn't see it the same way that I do um, or penalties or, or turnovers. So, I mean, I know in this league it's, it, it's, it's kind of showing that it's kind of happened a week after week these last few weeks, but I think we're going to snap out of it and, and we'll find a way to start executing and then when we do, we'll be a tough offense to stop. Mm. They can figure it out. They're still holding on. That's the good news. Yep. What did you guys think of the Chiefs' narrow win against the Giants last night, Triggs? I was thinking the Chiefs would awaken out of this season-long coma, and like, and it doesn't. It hasn't happened. That that win is a win, mm-hmm. but that was not clean. It was on the national stage. It was frustrating at times for Chiefs fans. I, Michael David Smith writes for Pro Football Talk. He had a, a tweet that. Mahomes' worst game statistically as a pro was last week against the Titans. Mm-hmm. His second worst game ever as a pro was last night mm. against Not of the season the of Giants, his career. Of his career. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at the game, and as much as I want to say Chiefs are going to get the Giants gave this game away. The Giants had a million chances to put the Chiefs away in this game. The Chiefs come out as the victors, but if you're true? a Chiefs fan this morning, you're not like, wow. Instead, if you're a Giants fan, you're waking up and you're like, Oh my gosh, we lost last night. Mm-hmm. This was a two and six team that almost walked in and and, and beat the, the the mighty mighty Chiefs. I, I don't know. The, the, Laurent Tor, the, Tardif played last night. It didn't make it. Like mm-hmm. the Chiefs are not right, mm-hmm. and they play the Packers next week. Mm-hmm. I can't watch that team last night and be like, go Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's just not mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, wow. it, it, it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. Um, but I will let me say this. Good teams find a way to win. Yep. Bad teams find a way to lose. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in football, we always hear that. And the Giants, I do feel like they gave this football game away. But as a Chiefs fan, can you not sit back and look at your division and say, hey, guys, we still have yeah. a chance? They're you know, bad. just like Pat Mahomes said, like, I mean, to watch that ball look like it went through uh, Gordon's hands, I don't know if it went through his hands or if he just wasn't expecting it. Like, when you play with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you have to expect the unexpected. Those balls come out at any given arm angle anyway. And so, like, those type of interceptions, like, as a defense, we aren't banking on, oh, we're going to bank on Tyreek Hill dropping this ball and we're going to catch a mm-hmm. tip. Yeah, yeah we yeah, always yeah. talk <laughs> about tips and overthrows, um, and you have to put yourself in the right position. But those are like freaky plays that happen in football. Happening every I mean, week. We, mm-hmm. They're happening every week. And you're right. And that's the crazy part. <laughs> like when I'm in like when I was playing in Washington, every week it was always something. And we always felt like, oh my God, they're always against us, mm-hmm. right? Whether it was penalties, um, unforced errors by us, things that we thought the ref didn't see, like that face mask you talked about. Yeah. He didn't even touch his face mask. Well, he touched it. He grazed it. It wasn't a – he didn't pull the face mask. Like, I would have been arguing if I'm a Giants mm-hmm. fan. Like, I think they got the call wrong. Y'all are cheating us. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they did get the call I wrong. Did. But it's things like that that always tend to happen. They've been happening to the Chiefs this year. 
typically we, we, we haven't seen this type usually of performance from way. the Chiefs. It, it definitely usually goes their way. But I think it'll make them better. The adversity that they will face through the course of this season, all the doubters, I think it'll bring those guys together. And I tell you what, you know, just hearing, you know, watching that game, hearing Tyron Matthew talk about, you know, how he felt about, you know, he was, you know, portrayed for, you know, for kind of going mm-hmm. back and forth with Brady and he wasn't talking trash. Mm-hmm. That takes something out of you personally. You know, when you try to conform who you are as a player, you know, you just don't seem to play with that same edge. And I mm-hmm. and I see that from a lot of guys, I feel like, on that football team, not just him. Well, Tyron had a long week on social media, too, mm-hmm. with the fan base. Oh, like, that, that probably takes some out of you, too. And it, I just, it, it's like, yay. This is very negative, but with great power comes great responsibility. Like, we're waiting. We're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and it's not happening. Mahomes has thrown an interception in seven straight games. Never did that at Texas Tech. <laughs> Never did that at White House High School when he was in a wildcat. It, we've taken the battery out. We've blown on it. We've put it in a jar of rice. We, we've shaken up the jar of rice. Like We're running out of options here. Uh, and I would ask the Chiefs fans, like, do you feel better after last night, or do you actually feel worse after a win? Because I'm with you. All they always say about these teams, even when they're not playing well, just stack wins. Just stack Never wins. apologize. Don't st- they don't stack wins, though. Here's the deal. They destroy Philadelphia. They get crushed by Buffalo. They beat Washington. They get crushed by Tennessee. They beat the Giants. They get crushed by the Packers. Yeah. It's just on, off, on, off. We are talking about the Chiefs because they played on Monday Night Football, and that's how we start the show on Tuesday. That's the only reason we're talking about them. Okay. They're an average team who beat another average team with two average quarterbacks right now, and then it, it, nothing else is making me feel differently. See, I think they – I haven't, I want to see them put the whatever it is in the rice. I feel like the frustration – and you know, I worked the preseason with them, so I follow all these pundits more than ever before, people who see this team in and out, and there are no answers. And it seems like they're rolling out the same thing over and over again, and it's not working. So – Something has to change. We saw defense again. I mean, I mean what, what are, we're going to have another week of Tyreek Hill getting 90 million targets. Oh. We're going to have another week of Dan Sorensen getting smoked every other play. Like, all of this keeps happening. So I liked at least one part. My favorite part of the game was when they gave it to Derek Gore. I mean, I remember in the preseason, Kyle Brandt, mm-hmm. thinking of you, like, I'm going to make the Derek Henry and Frank Gore joke. You have a name like Derek Gore. you got to well, put him in there. Straight said, is that yes. Frank Gore? <laughs> he was awesome. He got the most work of all the running backs in the preseason. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was on the sideline. It was Derek Gore. A bit of an interesting story. He's almost 27 years old. This is his first carry. And this is when the offense, it's not only my favorite plays, but it's when the offense looked the best. They gave it to him like five straight times. He scores his first career touchdown. He started his career at Alabama behind Derrick Henry, by the way. Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake, and Josh Jacobs. So he decides, of course, to transfer to Louisiana Monroe so he can get more work. Does it? Then he, I think he got cut and added to the Chargers practice squad four different times. Lands with the Chiefs. You know, we might not know him on a national level. This Chiefs fan base absolutely knows him Mm -hmm. and is championing him. We need people like that to emerge. Mm -hmm. You know, we say uh, Sammy Watkins, whatever. The year they won the Super Bowl, he had over 90 targets. Like, where's McCall Hardman? He had a decent game yesterday. Somebody has to come up because clearly something's going on with Travis. I don't know. I don't know what it is. He might be old. I'm not going to. Okay. He might be old. He might be injured. He might be in a set. Who knows? But I can't all go to Tyreek Hill all the time. No, you're right. I'm tired of the trio a little bit. It's not working. They always talk about the defense being such a sieve and like it. Defense played great last night. Chris Jones, Frank Clark at the end. The offense scored 20 points on the New York Giants who Uh have been giving up points to everyone. So, okay, you're right. If it's Derek Gore, awesome. If it's Josh Gordon, awesome. Or if it's someone they acquire today. Right. Awesome. It's like, but here we are. We're entering November and hasn't clicked. Mm -hmm. But they're winning. Mm -hmm. 
Ish. This barely, week they won. Yes, yeah, barely. Yeah. But yeah, they do have to. I mean, they have to find another guy that can that can make plays for him. You know, you talked about Travis Kelsey. What do you he's think? Double. I mean, he's getting double teamed a lot. It's okay. always that middle field. Somebody's dropping down to lurk, and when they're lurking as a robber. It kind of works two ways. One, all right, we're protecting the inside if Travis or anybody works in the middle of this field, but also we're able to spy Patrick Mahomes. Is that in, new? In the like ranking. the Kelsey thing is not new. It's not new, but other guys have stepped up around them. Yeah. And okay. Now well, you that's don't what, see yeah, that. Right. And then you talk about you add the turnovers, you know, still in possession. They lead the league in turnovers. I know. I know. You I think there's so in, many NFL tough. teams that are like, I'm sorry, you need more help. You need more <laughs> players to merge. You have an all pro, an all pro, and yeah. the best player in the league. Like, <laughs> that's where. Or my head. Okay, if they were to trade deadlines at four, Kyle, they were to add a piece. Would you add it to offense? Yeah, I guess, because the offense is not good right now. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I'd add a receiver. I, I guess they, they need a receiver with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But look, 20 points against the Giants on Monday Night Football, it's in the jar of rice. There's nothing else we yeah. could do. In the jar of rice. Well, on the cartridge. I don't think that works anyway in real life. <laughs> you on the cartridge? That does work. Nintendo. That was That's what the game do. changer. Mike Garofalo. That's Andy Reid just blowing the cartridge. The cartridge Mike Garofalo joining us now. It was a big news day around the NFL yesterday. The Rams with a massive trade. The Titans lost their best offensive weapon. Hate to hear that. Give us the latest with Vaughn and Derrick Henry. Yes, Von Miller headed to the Rams, a deal with the Broncos in which the Rams gave up more draft picks. Now they give up their second and third round picks for this upcoming draft. Uh, but the Rams saying that it's not just lighting picks on fire. We actually have a method to our madness here, and the method is Von Miller up front with Aaron Donald and the rest of the guys up there. We like our chances of being able to get to the quarterback, so they made the move. The Broncos eating almost all of the $9.7 million left on the deal. So they basically paid for one of those draft picks is the way that you could look at it. A lot of times, guys, you get higher compensation if the salary's number. The Broncos said, we can absorb that. We already had it on the budget. So we'll do that and get better draft picks in return. Uh, Kay, you also talked about Derrick Henry. He has uh, is having surgery on his broken foot. Uh, he is expected to miss, it looks like, the rest of the regular season. I mean, I, it, this fifth metatarsal tarsal injury, when you get the surgery, you're looking at six to eight weeks on the early side. That's the early side. So the expectation is probably be above that. We've got 10 weeks left in the regular season. So you're probably looking at Derrick Henry, considering everything he does, workload-wise, what he means to the offense, and plus the size of the guy as well. This is not a, a smaller wide receiver that we're talking about. This is a big uh, physical running back. So he asks a lot of his feet. I would think if he returns, it's sometime in the postseason for the Tennessee Titans. But we'll see. Mike Vrabel not willing to put a time frame on it just yet. So what did Tennessee do? They signed veteran Adrian Peterson, who's just 400 yards and change away from catching Barry Sanders on the fourth uh, fourth on the all-time rushing list. Peterson has said repeatedly he still thinks he's got good football left in him. This is probably the best chance that he could hope for this part of the season and with the kind of offense that he's entering into. So we'll see what he's able to do. He and Jeremy McNichols, uh, who's been with the Titans for a couple of years, you would think those would be the two best options for Tennessee going forward as they hope, hope, with that three-game lead in the division, they can get into the postseason and then Derrick Henry comes back to help them in January. With McNichols, I think seven carries going into this game. Career carries in the NFL. We're excited to see what Adrian Peterson can do. Thanks, Garofalo. Trade deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern. Keep it here for everything that might go down before then. But back to Mike White. Let's do it, finally. On Sunday. Everybody's talking about it, Kyle. Come on. Enough with the Mahomes. Let's talk Mike White, baby. Let me tell you, (laughs) Hamilton and I hung up on each other discussing this next topic. Okay. That means it was good? It was that heated. (laughs) We're not on speaking terms. All right. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tuesday morning, we play We In or We Out. Here it is. I say a statement. You guys tell me if you agree or you disagree. Sure. Simple as that. We want you to play at home as well. All right. The Vikings mm-hmm. had another heartbreaking loss on Sunday in a season full of them. They led the Cowboys for 59 minutes and 9 seconds of this game until Cooper Rush's final game-winning score put the Cowboys in the lead, and they ended up winning the game. Here it is. They're 4-4. Four four. They're at 500 right mm-hmm. now. The Vikings can still turn this season around. Are we in or are we out? Kyle, three and four, I'm sorry. I'm resoundingly in. That's the reason why we're having this conversation, because they're never out. And that's the frustrating part. They're never quite in, but they're never quite out. And they're actually reaching the point where, as a Vikings fan, you even want them to turn it around. Now, what I mean by that is that's a real true fan take, where sometimes you're like, it might be an investment in the future to have a bad season so we can hashtag blow it up and just start over. I can't take 7-9 and nine or 9-7 nine and seven over and over. But, yeah, I think they're a pretty quality team on a given week, and this is where we are with Cousins and Zimmer. They can always turn it around, and that's part of the problem. Mm. I'm going to have to be out. And I, okay. mean, I, I wanted to be in because you're right. They're playing really good football at times. You know, they, they, it, it's game, they left some games out there that they should have probably won. But then I just looked at their schedule, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know how this football team can continue to, to, to try to win games. I mean, can I get their schedule? I mean, what do you got? At, the Ravens, at the Chargers, you get Green Bay at home, but that's a really good team. At San Francisco, at Detroit, that you that played you really tough, a 1917 uh, uh, win that, that, that Minnesota had. Mm-hmm. So I look at that schedule and the way it lines up, and – I think they're gonna be out of it, and you know, you talked about investing in the future. What do you they think? They trying to win football games, Kyle. But I tell you what, that's a that's a rough schedule. Four out of those five on mm-hmm. the road. You mm-hmm. like that schedule, mm-hmm. Kyle? I don't mind the Niners. I obviously don't mind the Lions. Chargers, who knows? The Chargers. I don't know what I'm getting from the Chargers right now. Deha, I, I don't hate that schedule road actually. <laughs> I, mean, this, yeah, I don't care. The road, four out of five. That's a little dicey. I'll say I'm out. You cannot have a more golden opportunity than you had Sunday night to get it done, and you couldn't get it done. For, what? No. Oh, God. You're 100% yeah. right. I'm agreeing. Uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I'm you got to argue that? I'm sure no, they're I'm going to play their way into relevance and into people's hearts at some point this season. We get it. Kirk Cousins has been incredible this year. Uh, I'll say for my own personal mental well-being, I can't deal with the field goals. I can't deal with the nonsense. They're out in my head. Yeah, and I, I think it's the worst place for a team to be where you're not terrible, yeah. Yeah. but you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So you're just in purgatory. And for the it's fans, you're, do we rip it all up? Do we get rid of Zimmer? Do we move on from Cousins? Do we start a new? Or do you say, well, there are flashes. We have beaten Rodgers before. I, I feel like the Vikings might be the most frustrating team in the league week to week. And to lose this game, Kay, to your point, with Cooper Rush at quarterback Can't at home Can't on Sunday night. I'm out. And to be winning the entire game and then to lose the last second. Said it yesterday, I had no confidence with a minute left to go that Kirk Cousins was going to miraculously take. It just wasn't going that way. And all the skill players they have to be three and four. Ah. This is the carousel. And I don't care if it's the 2,000 Ravens on the schedule for the next month. 
They'll find a way to do something to torture you to get back in it. That's why I'm out. <laughs> the heartbreak is why I have to walk away. I understand that. Yeah. Th- that I agree with. But if they were just bad, this is not a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know that they're going to surface. They always do. They'll win. Watch. They do. All right. On Monday's show, we came out and we <laughs> praised the Jets, but we also talked about the Colts and Carson Wentz. And it was like, how do you not just find a way? Then another pick, the left-handed pick, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So let's go to Thursday Night Football, where Mike White of the Jets will face former MVP finalist Carson Wentz of the Colts. Here is the statement, and it's not I as in me, it's just in general. Okay. <laughs> I trust Mike White right more, more than I do Carson Wentz. Are we in or are we out? D'Angelo so Hall. So I'm going to have to say I'm in. <laughs> yes! I'm in on Mike White, and I thought I would never... Say this. Um, he actually kicked me out of my survival pool uh, because I said the Bengals, oh, heck yeah, absolutely. And and to me, that's why I'm in. I'm in because the Bengals are a really yeah. good football team. You know, they might not have played their best football game, but they got some guys that can frustrate you um, up front. They got some secondary players. That defense has been playing really, really good. So when I watched some of the throws that Mike White was making, yeah. I was impressed. Now, some of that was play call, too. The play calling was, I thought, spot on. One of their best games as a play caller by LaFleur. Um, but it was just everything about this. I kind of already know what I'm getting with Carson yeah. Wentz. And I don't mind it. Mystery box. But I just know what it is for the most part. I don't know what I'm getting. You're right. That I'll take that mixed take bag. take the mystery box. Yeah. That yeah. mixed bag by Mike White, I'll take all that day, every day. That's my logic. Okay. So we, I'm, I'm looking at this question. For some reason, I'm st- usually I'm like, I know the answer. Do I need support to make my answer. And this was very difficult for me. So I call Matt Hamilton and our, our producer, who you guys see on TV all the time, The Hammer. And we're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, but like it's like dating. Like I've, Carson Wentz is great and he shows up but at the end he messes it up sometimes I know what I'm getting in him and then you have this like insane date with this Mike white guy <laughs> and he's awesome he's blowing your socks off and he takes on this crazy juggernaut team like of course I want that why wouldn't I want that mm-hmm. and Hamilton's like and we actually like came to blows on this but he convinced me I said convince me that he, Carson's gotten better and he did. Carson has gotten better, mm-hmm. guys. One game from Mike White, even though it was against the Bengals, even though the throws were insane, does not erase the fact that Carson, who had 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions last year, this year has 14 touchdowns to three interceptions. This year is doing well. Does he have to take down the good team at some point? Yeah, was that a catastrophic mistake that he made? A couple of them mm-hmm. last Sunday? Absolutely. But progress isn't a straight line to the top. Progress goes like this, and he's done that. We can't say that he's not. He's significantly better than he was last year, so I'll go with Wentz. Okay. I'm out, or I'm out. All right. I want to go into the inner out laboratory when Peter's putting this together. Because <laughs> you have, you're, you're contemplating, should I do it's Mike tough. White versus Carson Wentz, or should I do Cooper Rush or Jared Goff? <laughs> Who do you trust more? Because that could be next week. Oh, One of those guys oh. playing. Um, the operative word here is trust. Mm-hmm. Yep. Carson Wentz is a better, more accomplished player than Mike White. But, like, if I had to go all in and my life depended on someone making a clutch moment at the end of the game, like, I'm petrified choosing Carson Wentz because of the trust. Uh, My my pop culture comparison is this. Um, Would you rather trust Squid Game, which came out with one good season everyone's talking about, or, and that would be Mike White, or True Detective, mm. which like changed the industry early, but has been wonky late. Like, which are you going with? I, th- I think in this case, I I have to go to True Detective. I can't go Mike White yet. I can't get there, Peter. The, the last, and I know you want me to, but I can't. Okay, the last True Detective season did get better. It, it was did? The sec- Wentz is better. The second one, the Rachel McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, that was not good. But then it went, and it back up to this way. So that would be Kay's point that okay. Wentz is getting. But who do you trust more 
I almost like the Jets team reaction to Mike White. Yeah. Like, let's go! Yeah, then, yeah they were crazy. Then crazy. the Colts reaction of like, oh, here, here we go, go yeah. again. When you're, yeah. when you're yeah. dating someone and you meet them and all of their friends love them and are like, he's the best. Oh, you're dating him, he's or what, her, whatever. It's the greatest thing. It matters. And that's what we do see with Mike White. That whole team is juice. Yeah. And like, Mike Bleep and White, they're calling him. Mike White. <laughs> I like that nickname. They, they, they were talking to one of the players, Ty Johnson yesterday, and he was like, he's a dog. I know. He's yeah. a savage. Like, talking about him as if he was Tom Brady. Like, know, you never hear anecdotal stuff he about is. first career start. And he's been in the league for four years. I, it's interesting that we'd even have this debate, but here we are. How about if you're Carson Wentz watching the show? I know. How about, how about don't, throw, don't throw another interception I in think his reaction is probably nothing. He's probably like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's a problem. We've got a lot of Carson Wentz. I'd like to see Carson Wentz angry about that. Yeah! They face each other. <gasps> Thursday night football. No better man to have on the show on trade deadline day than the one we've got coming on right here. Scott Pioli has won three Super Bowl champions championships as the vice president of player personnel with the New England Patriots. He, of course, was a general manager with the Kansas City Chiefs, was also working with the Atlanta Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl and made many moves around this time of year and in March and April as well. Scott Pioli, trade deadline day. How are you, my friend? Oh, it's, it's like Halloween. It's like Christmas. It's like Thanksgiving. I'm doing well. Thanks, man. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, yesterday, we were just talking about it. The Rams, they went all in yet again and brought in Vaughn Miller, giving up a second and third round pick in the future. Your reaction to this Rams philosophy and what Les Snead is doing about spending all these future first round picks and going for the today. Yeah, Peter, my reaction is it's, it's, it's interesting, right? This is an interesting and unique approach that they've had. And to me, I'm not ready to criticize it. And just because it's unique and just because it's different shouldn't mean that it needs to be criticized. But I will say this, at some point in time with any philosophy, any plan that you have, the bill is going to come too. They're now really in year seven of what is this seven-year plan, or their year five of a seven-year plan of trading away first-round picks. Yesterday, they doubled down a little bit and gave away second and third-round picks. They clearly think that they can acquire players via free agency, via trade, and give up a lot of capital to get the championship they want. But again, I think the team, what they need to do, the rubber is going to meet the road here at some point in time because you don't make trades like this. You don't do things like this in order to just win a division championship or just to win a conference championship. What they want to do is win a world championship. Again, now they're five years into this seven-year plan of giving away picks, but they need to win and they need to win now. Scott, we were on the air yesterday when the Derrick Henry news broke and it kind of took our breath away. I'm trying to imagine being in the Titans front office yesterday or today. What do we do now? Or the Saints front office, who also lost Jameis Winston to a torn ACL. So take us in there. The Titans, the Saints, massive pivotal injuries right in the middle of the season. How do they handle it? Yeah, it's not a good feeling. You come in and that's a bad day at the office, Kyle. And really what you have to do is sit down, be still and talk about a couple of things with your head coach and with your owner. And the things you need to talk about is, what is our organizational philosophy? How do we want to build this team? How have we been building this team? Then the other thing is, what do we have on our roster? Have we developed a player and have players on our roster that clearly aren't as good as the starter that we just lost, but are they nearly as good along with what the cost would be to get a player from the outside? Or is there someone on the street that is a free agent player that can help us get to the place and do we have enough other good players but the most important thing in a situation like this kyle is the fact that 
something is completely out of your control, and that's player availability. So you can want to trade or go out and get a player from another team as much as you want, but if someone is not willing to trade that player that you want, it's really out of your control. Takes two to tango. Uh, Scott Pioli, so happy to have you here ahead of that trade deadline. The only thing I'm looking at all day is Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback. Mm -hmm. He has been the topic of mind-numbing trade discussions ever since he announced he wasn't going to play for the team, the Texans, back in the offseason. Now we're here. It's today, 4 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, that's interested in acquiring the talent, the services, the production of Deshaun Watson, how do you evaluate everything that goes into that decision? Wow. Okay, this is so difficult because everyone knows what they would get talent-wise, like you mentioned. You know if you're not one of the top five teams with the top five quarterbacks, you won't be getting something that's going to improve you. But there's so many teams that can use a player. But this is your classic front office or life situation of risk versus reward. There's so many things that are unknown about this. There's things that Deshaun Watson doesn't know how it's going to, you know, how the league is going to impact him, how the legal system is going to impact him. The team, the Texans don't know. The team that's acquiring doesn't know what the ramifications are going to be because the people that have these these lawsuits against Deshaun, they haven't made a decision what they're going to do. This, to me, is one of those situations. Again, I'm one that I've always erred on the side of being a little bit more conservative and when it comes to player acquisition, I should say, and in this situation, the risk versus the reward, not knowing what you're going to get, to me, would make things far too murky and complicated. Mm. Hey, Scott, I saw a tweet you posted last week during the Packers game about my former coach, Jerry Gray, uh, who served as the, as the Packers defensive coordinator on Thursday night. We then started texting back and forth, and I told you I chose him as my X factor on total access. Uh, so tell everybody who's not familiar with his work what makes Jerry Gray uh, such a great coach, and what he adds to that Green Bay team. Yeah, D. Hall, there's a couple things I want to talk about within this. And this tweet that I sent out was very intentional. And, you know, we're looking at a coach, again, Jerry was a two-time All-American in Texas. He went into the NFL, nine years in the NFL. For those years, he was a Pro Bowl player. He's now been coaching 27 years in football, many of them in the NFL. The other night, he was charged with coordinating and play calling for a defense that was getting ready to face the number one ranked offense in the National Football League, and he knocked it out of the park. And the intentionality of my tweet had to do with this. We went through this game, and I think we heard his name maybe once or twice. We saw him on the sideline maybe once in a shot with, you know, from the camera. And I look at this time, and, I, and this is what I want to talk about, D. Hall. We look at this time where we've got coaches that are young, hotshot coaches and coordinators that look like me. And we're talking about them being the next great coach. And when the end of the season comes, we're talking about who the next great leaders might be or who should be talked about for jobs. And then we have this other side of things where there's coaches that don't look like me and they have to be in some sort of pipeline. And we don't talk about it until after the fact. Here's Jerry Gray right in front of the NFL's eyes, in front of every owner's eyes. And we didn't hear enough about Jerry Gray. And we see other coaches that don't look like Jerry. We watch a game. And by the end of the game, we know where the guy went to elementary school for crying out loud. So here's the opportunity for us to change the narrative when we see a really, really good coach like Jerry Gray. D. Hall, you weren't the only person that played for Jerry that I heard about during this during the game. And the next person I hear say something bad about Jerry Gray will be the first person. So to me, I think we've got this opportunity in situations and games with Jerry Gray. 
You're looking at the season that James Franklin's having at Penn State. Mel Tucker, who is absolutely crushing it up at Michigan State. To me, that was very intentional, and that was my purpose for sending out that tweet. And, Jerry, great job for you. Awesome. And you're right. He was incredible, and he's had an amazing career. He was a player, but he's also one of the most beloved position coaches. Yeah. Forget head coach. How about coordinator? Then from coordinator, then head coach, or just, yes, head coach. Mm -hmm. It's not that crazy. We're seeing guys who are position coaches Mm -hmm. do it every single year. Scott, I couldn't agree with you more, and I know I set the table. We've been trying to fight the good fight for guys like Jerry Gray for quite some Mm -hmm. time here on the show. Absolutely. Guys, Kay, everybody, thanks for having me today. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It is Taco Tuesday. Time to talk about it. Get some things off our chest this morning. Peter, do you have something you need to say? Yeah, I'm happy for someone. Uh, Seventh overall pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. 2015, before Good Morning Football was even a show. about it, Peter. The seventh overall pick was a gentleman named Kevin White. Let's go! 28 career receptions uh, as far as receiving yards, less than 350. And yet, he has been through so much as a young man. 29 years old. Take a look at Kevin White's career, a former top 10 overall pick. Gets drafted, breaks his tibia, fractures his fibula, has a scapula fracture, has a hamstring injury, played for the Cardinals, played for the 49ers, was down with COVID because of the 49ers. Ends up on the New Orleans Saints in 2021. And in the biggest moment of the game on Sunday with Trevor Simeon at quarterback, who is he throwing to? Hey, White. Number 17, Kevin White. The number seven overall pick from the 2015 draft. His first catch as a Saint. It has been such a long road back. Six years since he was selected. Has less than 30 career NFL receptions. An unbelievable story. To to see this for this guy at this point in his career to be finally healthy and now playing for a Saints team as one of their primary receivers. Kevin White, we see you. We love this. And it's a total story of perseverance that we celebrate on Good Morning So cool. God bless you. Kevin White was a physical, or still Mm -hmm. is, physical specimen at the receiver position, built like DK Metcalf. So just to let you know a little something, something. Uh, I want to talk, I was about to say, Taco. 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 I want to taco about it. I want to talk a little bit about this Rams football team and the addition of Von Miller and just knowing what these guys in this locker room, when you when you have a team that feels like from the top down approach, we want to win right now. I mean, I think it does something for a lot of those guys in that locker room. The competitiveness you think you're going to get from a guy like Von Miller when mm. you put him with Aaron Donald, uh, uh, Leonard Floyd, the other guy on the outside. Like, Everybody on this Rams football team expects to be in a Super Bowl. And I think it's no more evident than seeing this move being made. Because I don't think defense was the problem for that Rams football team. But when you can see 
your team wants to add other pieces and they feel they believe in you. You go from a, from a good team to a great team. Von Miller is a Hall of Famer. He'll have a gold jacket at some point. <laughs> Aaron Donald as well will have a gold jacket. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, those are the type of players that the Rams are going to have on this defense. It is 100% for me, Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love this move because... To me, it just it speaks volumes of what this team thinks about their guys and how they feel like, hey, this is what we need to get over that hump. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Rams, and I can't wait to, for a Super Bowl in L.A., another home team winning a Super Bowl in their home wow. stadium. If we learned anything last year, if they get to that Super Bowl, like it's over. Like that home team, the advantage that they had, it's incredible. I like that they added a guy who has a ring, too, because maybe that was something they were kind of missing, but the Rams are loaded, obviously. Uh, I have something I want to say, and yeah. I want to say thank you to my guys, all my guys. And by my guys, I mean the guys that I've picked every single week in a segment we do called Survival. <laughs> what does that mean? It was based on a certain CBS primetime show that's been on for 20 years. I'm going to play a clip right now. It's going to be very weird. You're going to see a lot in this clip. Ignore the guy in the leather jacket and understand that Kay and Peter and I have gone on for weeks and weeks and weeks, weeks trying to pick one team that would win the weekend, no matter what. And it all ended this weekend. Enjoy this. Previously on Survival. Last week, we all made tough choices again. Tried to pick the team we were most confident in to get a win again. Well, I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Giants. The Giants, they lose tonight to the Chiefs by a field goal. I'm going to take Cincinnati over the Jets in in New York. And then the Bengals this week. And they get upset in New York. I'm going to go Chargers over Patriots. 27-24, the final. A big win for New England. Who will be eliminated next? The second the Chiefs win last night, I win. Everyone else has been eliminated. And I am a very, very humble winner. So with that, I would like to thank... The following uh, individuals who helped me get here. Let's roll it. First of all, I would like to thank Ryan Suckup for making a kick against Dallas week one. Beautiful kick, Ryan Suckup. I would also like to thank Aaron Jones and that man in the fake dreadlocks for getting a win over the Lions week two. Week three in the survivor pool, I would like to thank Justin Simmons who blanked the Jets 26-0, the same Jets that knocked Peter out week four. Evan McPherson, money to beat the Jaguars in an otherwise close game advanced me. Thursday nighter. Week five, Peter remembers it was Thursday night. Hollywood Brown, an overtime touchdown to beat the Colts. I should have been eliminated there. Week six, my man, Chris Boswell, also in overtime to beat Seattle. Got me through it. Week seven, Mr. Matthew Stafford, who was trailing 1917 on the fourth quarter, but came back to beat the Lions, and it all came home last night at Arrowhead Stadium when Patrick Mahomes, I'll take it, Pat. We pulled you apart to start the show, but the thing is over. I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone else. I'm terrible at fantasy football, but I'm really good at survival. I will take the dub. You guys, Patriots, Jets, Bengals, Chargers, what happened? Nothing, I mean. What's your takeaway? Mine was over by 3 o'clock. I had spilled my drink. It was Halloween. Yeah. I wasn't happy. I was mm-hmm. very upset Jets. you took the Jets over the Bengals. I would have chosen yeah. them. And then I think Tiki gave me bad juju. But Tiki was like, take the Falcons. Okay, Tiki. <laughs> we all were take wrong. Any coincidence that Kyle won and he hosted the segment and picked the order? Any yes. coincidence? Fascinating. Fascinating. Hey, everybody, it's time to check out the Power Rankings by Dan Hansen's head of Week 9 each and every Woo. week. We do this with a theme. Since Dan is a Jets fan and Mike White is the story of this town this week, let's do it as a random hodgepodge of NFL players named White. Starting off, the Roddy White division. D'Angelo's all teammate. You still in touch with Roddy? I am. I love it. Houston Texans, number 32. Sitting down there, Detroit Lions 31, Jacksonville 30. 
A lot of teams are having a rough season, so let's move on to the Lendale White division. Love Lendale out of USC, of course. The Niners upper left, Seahawks. Man, the Vikings should have had that game. Man, the Colts should have had that game. Panthers, Falcons, Broncos, and Bears just kind of floundering right here in that middle of zone. Let's go to Pat White division. Pat White out of West Virginia. Could have been bigger. Him and Steve Slayton. Upper left corner, Titans and Raiders round out the top ten. Then you got the Bengals coming off a tough one, the Chargers coming off a tough one, the Chiefs win last night, Steelers, Pages, Browns, and lastly, the Jason White division. I beat out Eli and Larry Fitz for the Heisman. What'd you do? Green Bay Packers are the best team in football, according to Dan Hansis, followed closely by the Cowboys, Cardinals, Bills, Bucks, Rams, Ravens, Saints. Can I throw some names out there? Yeah. Reggie White. Sure. No, this is random hodgepodge, Peter. Betty White. Yes, Betty White, we know. Kevin White. Kevin, Kevin White, there we go. Uh, let's bring in, um, there's a good segue there, but I'm not going to use it. Dan Hansis. How are you doing, Dan? Good morning. <laughs> I'm right with you, Kyle. And it's still, I'm still like waking up from a dream. 70,000 people in northern New Jersey chanting Mike White during mm. a Jets shootout. I don't know how that happened, but I'm happy it did. The chant was similar to that, almost that. But Dan, the Cowboys, <laughs> hold on, let's start out here. Because they started at number 19. Dallas Cowboys, 19, way back in week one. You now have them all the way up to number two after their weekend victory over the Vikings, led by none other than Cooper Rush. What did Dallas prove to you in that win to get that coveted two spot behind the Packers? Well, they started at 19, even though the roster looked great, because I remember going on some dumb monologue on the Around the NFL podcast, how the Cowboys weren't going to suck me in this year, and I wasn't going to pick them to win the division, because I always do that, and they make me look stupid, and they made me look stupid the other way this year, because they're mm-hmm. just so good and balanced. And, you know, in the in the the week where we saw uh, Cooper Rush step up, just like Mike White did, just, just like uh, we saw all across the league, Trevor Simeon, uh, it's because the structure around him is so sound. The offensive line, the s- playmakers around him, Zeke Zeke Elliott on that huge first down. Uh, so he stayed within himself and made the plays. And then the defense just put the clamps down on Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. It just the reason why I moved them up is because they showed they're not just their quarterback. Mm, good analysis from you, Dan Hansis. Let's talk a little NFC oh, South. The Saints left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers high and dry, if you will. Uh, Brady was intercepted twice in the loss. I see you. What is, <laughs> what is it about the Saints that Tom Brady cannot figure out? Dennis Allen, I guess. I mean, that's a pretty good calling card mm. for Dennis Allen. I'm the guy uh, who Tom Brady doesn't understand. It's like in baseball. Sometimes a, a hitter, even if he's a star, just doesn't see a pitcher well, doesn't see the ball out of his hand well, and he struggles. Sometimes it felt like that with Brady, where he just wasn't seeing the coverage. Seven interceptions uh, against the Saints since coming to the Bucks. 13 and 24 other games, Brady, uh, since he joined Tampa Bay. So uh, it's just been a really nice little thing for the Saints, and you know they're not scared if they saw him again in the playoffs. Yeah. So, Dan, Monday's big news ahead of today's 4 p.m. trade deadline was the Rams acquiring Broncos veteran linebacker Von Miller. You have the Rams now number six on your list. How much did the Rams add in Von um, to their defense for your decision in making the Rams that sixth spot on your uh, on your rankings? Uh, it, do- it doesn't really affect it 
so far. And I think with what I do with the power ranking, it's a, a little bit tricky because they I feel like the schedule is so soft with the Rams right now that I'm just kind of keeping him in this five, six range and waiting to make a push. Now, Von Miller is a really fun, splashy addition by a team that's really become fun to watch and cover because they're not afraid to go for it. But this isn't the Super Bowl 50 Von anymore. Um, so I don't know if he's the game wrecker he once was, but put him with Aaron Donald in the same front seven and maybe it unlocks greatness again within him the way we've seen Matt Stafford once he got to L.A. with uh, Sean McVay. It's a fun move, especially for two uh, picks that aren't a first rounder, but I'm in a little bit hold if it's going to really take their defense to a whole other level. Titans fans, and I guess NFL fans as a whole, I mean, it's personally on our show, we're really bummed out Monday to hear about Derrick Henry and the broken foot. The playoffs were to start today, and they don't. The Titans would be the number one seed in the AFC. So, Dan, still have half the season left to go. What do you think about the loss of King Henry, and what do you think of the Titans from here on out? I mean, you guys said it in the previous segment. Uh, Kyle brought up the Ewing theory, the old Simmons uh, thing. Yeah, now it got me thinking a little bit about it. And I didn't, you know, I, I, one move could have been you just drop the Titans way down in the rankings and forget about them, say that was it. And I guess you could make that point because back in January, if you would have said, okay, come November, they're not going to have Arthur Smith anymore and they're not going to have Derrick Henry anymore. They're going to be an ordinary team, you'd think. But let's see. They still have their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. They still have a, a it's really a battle tested team with a good head coach in Mike Vrabel. I'm not ruling them out. Uh, I don't know if Adrian Peterson is going to step in and do much, but I'm not ruling the Titans out yet. And the schedule is pretty soft right now. Dan, you are the best. Everybody watching, be sure to check out NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer every Tuesday on NFL.com and in primetime Tuesdays on NFL Network from his home on Planet Telex. Thank you, Dan. Unlike those plastic trees, you are 100% real. (laughs) I love it. Very good. Thank you, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 